I was peeing under the amazing northern sky. Everybody, it's how to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement presented to you by our friends at tribe74.com. How are you doing today, Andrew? Glad to be joined by you as well as always. Uh, thank you very much, Rob. I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. Good, good. How, what, uh, what brings you out of your lonely world uh, these days? Oh, gosh, what have I been up to? You know what? I've actually uh, taken a little downtime for myself this week. And I love it. Uh, as I'd actually, I think I mentioned this in, in other shows that I was going to actually be ordering Disney Plus. And that's, oh, and? that is all I've been doing um, this entire <laughs> week. So, just so you know, before I walked in, I was sitting in the living room with my wife and we're watching the old Disney Imagineering show. It, <laughs> it's completely awesome in terms of kind of going through different, the, uh, the different parks, the different characters, totally cool. But what I've really um, kind of dove deep on is Agents of Shield. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll get into we'll get into that because that's one of our topics for for today. But uh, like Disney Plus, not sponsored by Disney Plus by the way. But if you'd like to sponsor Disney Plus, please do. Uh, like Disney, like there's so much content on there. Like especially like I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You know, we're we're, we're Marvel fans. You know, so there's so much stuff on there like to get caught up oh, with yeah. and i just love i just love that it's like a one-touch shop basically for that stuff yeah like i just i don't know what to press play on there is just right. so yes. much content it's just kind of like okay how much time do i have to commit right now is it yeah. a you know a 15 minute short is it a one of their tv programs am i in for a movie it's endless. The thing with me for Disney Plus is that uh, you know, like I'm I'm not as big as watching the old cartoons and the show the old shows as much as you know. I might have been like back in you know like in my my early years. Right. Uh, the, but the wife and the kids love it, which is fine. Mostly the wife, but uh, I you know. No, I love those get, shorts. Yeah. Once you get to a certain point, though, like you know, especially with the Disney and the Star Wars stuff, you're like, okay, so there's nothing left in that particular genre to watch i mean but there, there's there's a million tv shows or like series that you can watch in all those uh genres but uh yeah once you get past it, it's like okay so now i'm just left with a normal disney but then they slapped in that star or whatever it is it's like star you know, national geographic as well yeah that was so there's all the get-go yeah but the star with the like now it's got like deadpool and it got, and stuff like that so it's now now they're starting to get mainstream movies that you wouldn't normally you wouldn't expect from disney oh exactly. now it's like do I keep paying for Disney and Netflix and Amazon Prime, or do I just, you know, just go Disney? Yeah, no, because there really is so much there. You, you could just go all in on Disney because of the the different levels of entertainment that they have, all of right. the variety. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Then they drop they drop the Muppet Show right on the table, and I'm just like, oh, five five seasons. 20 plus episodes each season. Uh, I've probably seen every single one of them, but the first one, you know, watch them again. I gotta watch them again. And the funny thing was, like, the, the wife, she's not into the Muppets quite, especially the older stuff. She's not a big fan of like old, old like, okay. kind of TV and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm like, where's Gilda Radner? I gotta find Gilda Radner. So I went and found the episode with Gilda Radner, and my nice. wife said, like, oh, this is boring. I said, don't you talk about the queen that way. 
Queen, Queen Gilda. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I got, I got to throw it in your face today, Andrew. Okay. What are the, what are the topics we're going to talk about today? Well, as we've already mentioned, we, we kind of sprinkled over it. We're going to be chatting on Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. followed up by classic wrestling. Oh, I ending, like wrestling. And ending with, especially with the, the fact that travel is hopefully going to start opening up soon, destination travel. I love it. I love it. These are good topics today. Uh, I think we, we, we mentioned about talking about WandaVision, but I think you're hopelessly uh, not quite caught up on it yet. And, well, I know. Uh, I just like, because to be honest, I'm watching it with my son. And so right. he, uh, like, I've been, I keep saying, hey, you want to watch an episode of WandaVision? Again, oh, no, not right now. I'm kind of yeah. in the middle of a game. Yeah, yeah. And the video, so the video I, games come first. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's why I've actually just totally jumped down the rabbit hole of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like it's something, right. you know, he can watch on, on his own. I, yeah. I started watching it originally when it uh, had come out on television. Okay, but okay. I, I am the worst for tuning in every Friday night at 7.30 to watch a show. Yeah. Um, because I just don't make it a priority. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? Like, Kathy, my wife Kathy, has been yelling at me recently. Uh, one of her new uh, her new missions against me is uh, that I start shows and then I don't finish them. So she's <laughs> she's pulled in. I pull her in with you know because you know if, if I'm watching a show she watches with me. I pull her in. Yeah. And then I walk away because I you know I got better stuff to do kind of thing or I just I lose interest right and. Uh, so she gets frustrated with me, right? You know, I got her watching an anime. She doesn't watch anime. So I got her watching an anime <laughs> show and I, I stopped watching it because, you know, and then she's like, hey, would you do that? <laughs> and then she, you know, with a, she, with a few she other... wants to keep watching it, but feels That's like she right. can't watch it without you. That's right. And you, you got know, her into it. Yeah. And I, I was like, hanging. yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, you know, uh, what Kathy hates me for lately, but uh, it, it's it's funny and uh, but but Agent of Shield seems to be sticking pretty good. Uh, so how how many episodes are you at now? So I am I'm just into uh, into episode eight, I believe. Nice. Well, we are almost done the first season. So before before we talk too much more about this, Agent of Shield, Marvel. Uh, if you're not familiar, so it's a, it's Marvel's. Uh, series based around uh, uh colson agent colson who uh was killed in the battle of new york so from the original one of the original avengers movies or captain america movies he mysteriously comes back to life or or they bring him back to life and now he's on a mission to try to figure it out but then he's got a team where he takes and they and they continue to do shield type missions or they work for shield and uh so it's kind of like a sprinkling of of x-files with sprinkling of um i guess like csi with the Marvel licensing and uh, reference to the Avengers. So yeah, that's just in case anybody hasn't watched it and it's been out for a while now. It's just you and like, I are just kind of- It's, I think it's seven seasons in. Yeah. So I'm and, only seven uh, episodes in, eight episodes and it uh, there's a long way to go for me. Yeah. But that's and actually think, one thing I like about streaming now is that I can sit down and I just commit to an entire show and I just, yeah. just take it in. A hundred percent, right? Like, you know, I, I'm the guy that I, I can't stand. Like, when we were watching WandaVision, I couldn't stand to have to wait every week for the next episode, especially when it's like a half hour episode. Yeah, it's like, I mean, maybe I'm spoiled with streaming because of that, but uh, I, I hated that. I hated that back in the day with commercial television. 
so this this with now uh, kind of going all in with Agents of Shield, it's ideal for me. Uh, I'm just immersing myself in in this world, and just uh, just wait. Oh no, just just wait. <laughs> Let me so, tell you, like it is your description of uh, those those few different TV shows is mm-hmm. is really on point. Like I just love the fact, like you can anybody, male or female, can picture themselves as one of these characters, and the fact that you're for sure. oh for sure, and that you're thrown into these you know bigger than life uh experiences and and these are normal people that are solving these superhero marvel superhero um problems yeah and and, yeah i think so so you get a you get kind of like a mishmash right so uh you get that marvel thing so you have that licensing there right so yeah you get to hear some of those familiar names and i think there's that nostalgia that kind of kicks you into it right so here here was the thing like you, you said you you watched the first couple episodes back when it originally came on uh yes. on television and where i didn't because i was like i always find that when they have these shows and i was kind of like the same way with gotham and uh although i mean they're, they're great standalone shows but for me when i'm when i'm watching like something with a big license like dc or or Marvel or like Star Wars, I want reference. I want characters that I know or characters that I'm familiar with. I want, you know, and television has always kind of shied away from giving us, you know, like for instance, like the penguin in Gotham. I don't know if you've watched Gotham at all, but yeah, I've I've watched it from yeah. tip to tail. Okay. So I mean the penguin, massively amazing character. The good the actor is just crazy and oh, like, I does a great job. But you know, I would when I was watching, I'm like, I want, I want. <laughs> you know the the, <laughs> the you know the the old penguin right like yeah. I, I i do i do really love the, the new the new one right but i really want those colorful characters in them right and so i, I at first i was like looking at agents of shield and go oh it's gonna be one of the one of these shows where like they have these like random non you know non-related characters and all that stuff and they just be like make up these characters for one episode and that's all you ever see them and uh so then I, I reached out to one of my one of my nerd friends who uh, i said look is there any like superheroes and is there anybody i know and then he just started listing off this like name, like name after name of characters, like going Ghost Rider is going to be in it, and uh, Deathlock is going to be in it. And then he's like just naming off all these characters, right? And I'm like, okay, okay. So yeah. then these guys are going to be in. okay. In. Now I'm in, right? So, so pulling uh, pulling the world of Marvel uh, right right yeah. in front of you. Yeah, they're like, I mean, that's what I wanted, right? I want to see these characters that I grew up with, right? So give, give me, just at least give me a taste, right? They don't have to bring in, like, I don't care if Captain America shows up, but, you know, because I don't expect them to. No. But, you know, I would like to see somebody who's actually got a name in a comic book that I can pick up, right? So, yeah, I love the fact that the um, reference to all these characters mm-hmm. and and you and you understand the background of, of these characters already. And so... Uh, the, their small le- little references that that they make to well you know do you know the name Steve Rogers well do you know yeah. the name Captain America and yeah you know, it's Captain America yeah so it's like it's not so they're not pretending that they don't you know that they don't know what's going on or that this is something completely separate completely separate from the world right like for instance like with the Daredevil and the Punisher show yeah they talk about you know the Punisher and Daredevil or Luke Cage or the Defenders and stuff like that but there's no reference you don't hear about Spider Man. Yeah, they're no. in New York, right? Yeah. Where's Spider-Man? You know, why why are they shocked that, you know, there's a superhero named Daredevil when you know, well, Spider-Man's swinging around right now, you know? <laughs> and they, right? So, I mean, I love those shows, don't get me wrong. But, 
you know, the, the, the next thing with this is that like, oh yeah, the battle of New York, you know, Captain America, Thor, yeah. right? Oh yeah, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, right? You know, like they're, they're just dropping these names. And then you have these characters like Agent Coulson and uh, uh, Maria Hill and uh, who's, oh, well, Nick Fury, right? So Samuel Jackson yeah. shows up in the very first episode or, or whatever it was. Which was awesome. Like I honestly, right. when I first saw it originally, that, that first show, uh, I couldn't believe that they had him. It just blew my mind. That is fan service. And that's what oh, I live for. Yeah, completely. I don't want to spoil it too much, right? So you're, you're episode eight. And you, you refresh me refresh me where, where we're going at here. So spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And is gonna I mean, it, it really shouldn't be that much of a spoiler. It, it's no, seven it's, it's, seasons long. Yeah, and it, I think it's like, what, it's like three or four years since it, it was it finished. So, I mean, come on. There's yeah. no excuses now. No, exactly. So, you know what? You can spoil. You, you're only a few more episodes ahead than, than I actually am. And so feel free to spoil away from what you just I'm said. not going to spoil it because it, it is so exciting what happens in the next few episodes, but I want you to, I don't want to re- re- refresh, refresh, <laughs> refresh me where what's going on. Refresh okay. me where it's going on in, um, in episode eight. Uh, let me just let me just think. Okay, so they had um, just discovered, uh, d- discovered the staff that, right. uh, okay. that well, turned somebody okay. into a berserker. Right. Yes. The um, the Asgardian staff uh, yeah. were chasing down. Right. I'm trying to think of. Uh, so, have you are you familiar with Mike Peterson? The uh, I guess he he was in one of the first episodes. The, the black guy that uh, uh, where we get introduced to uh, the girl. Oh my oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah totally. I'm, my name's yeah. like totally drawn blank. What what is the girl's name? Oh my goodness. The, the one the main the main girl, not uh, yeah, not that. Not not, May. not, not May. See, not the problem May, is is that Asian I May. like I still haven't totally got on to all of the characters names i'm that right. is something that i'm that i'm actually awful for yeah like, I'm, I, you know what what we're gonna have to do now i think is just bring up agents of shield cast yeah exactly so, put put me on the spot and i i completely lose it which is just, just silly so. <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah that's just the way i go right so uh daisy yeah. johnson uh which is um, yes, sky, 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 sky. Yes. So, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, so I, believe, yeah, I don't uh, even know her as Daisy Johnson now. No, I don't know Daisy I Johnson. Know I, uh, sky. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I wonder what what you know what's going to come up. Oh, that's like a spoiler for our, both of us. Oh man. So we're going to find her real name. So yep. apparently, her real name is Daisy Johnson. So anyway, so so Mike Peterson, uh, J. August Richards, he's also uh, say this is where I don't want to spoil it because That's he becomes okay. a character. So you, you heard of the Deathlock project? Yeah. In this show, okay, okay. So he becomes Deathlock. So Deathlock is an actual character in the in the series. He, he fights the Punisher once. He's he's like half cyborg, half man. I don't know the full backstory because I never really read his comic other than when he fought the Punisher. Yeah. So Deathlock is an actual character. From the comic books and they actually fan service like he doesn't really look like you know like deathlock from the comic book you know he's got a little bit of armor he's got some you know cybernetics going on with him but uh in one scene sky uh he uh puts him i guess in one of her scanners or whatever and you see uh his like x-ray image and he looks exactly like death deathlock in the comic book so you're like yeah so you know they're acknowledging it right so but oh i, I tell you dude like honestly like you haven't even like gotten to the good stuff yet that's it's gonna be awesome like i i'm already in love with the show um you know i'm just i had started into uh episode eight but then i had to run off for an appointment but 
Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. What uh, what's going to come? Yeah. So yeah, like honestly, like it's it it's going to turn the whole world upside down in regards to the show. Like you're, you, it's just going to go a crazy direction. You know, it's just twists and turns, and it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting, and there's going to be a, like an actor, an old old timey actor, Generation X uh, uh, stalwart actor that uh, we both. He he's probably not Gen X, but. Uh, yeah, we we watch him as Gen Xers. He, yes, uh, so I'll get I'll give you a hint. If, you, if I don't think he's he's appeared in the show for you for you yet, but uh, let's say, I'm gonna say weird science, aliens, and uh, what what other show would he have been that you would know? But uh, have you ever seen Weird Science? Yeah, but I mean okay. that that had to have been thirty years ago. Okay, all right. So 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 aliens and weird science would be uh, where we know him from as Gen Xers. So uh, yeah, so but he oh yeah, his role in the in the show is so good, and uh, like it it got to the point where I think we I, I told you uh, uh, when I met when I talked to you yesterday or the day before that uh, I was up to like uh, episode 11, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. Well, we went from thirteen to twenty <laughs> last night. We were up till four o'clock in the morning. Kathy was starting to fall asleep at, at the end of episode twenty. Uh, like it was, and I haven't done a binge like that in a long time. Like not, not like one where we stay up. Like we couldn't turn it off. Oh, like we awesome. didn't turn it off last night. Like Kathy just like, she just, she just conked out. Right. That's how, and I'm like sitting there, I don't want to stop watching, but I can't watch without her. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so then well, just, just wake up for five more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I made, I made her watch the end of the episode today. I said, okay, make sure you watch it because you know, I want to squeeze an episode in before I, before we come in for the podcast. So, uh, so we have one episode left of the season, so so yeah. So as you can imagine, it's pretty intense. But uh, yeah, it's uh, wow. You, you're you're in for like I didn't think the show has. I honestly thought okay, this show's gonna get stale on me pretty quick. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it, but I was enjoying it, but I thought it would get uh, get pretty pretty stale. And then uh, next thing you know, uh, they sucked just me right in. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, what? Like, I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> Oh, awesome! Like I don't have time to be watching shows. This is this is my thing, right? But Agents of Shield is that show that will get you coming back, right? So if if you're a Marvel fan and you haven't watched this show yet, oh. you need to watch this show. Yeah, you need to watch, like especially if you're like a deep a deep fan, right? Like you're you're into the comic books and stuff like that. Because yeah, you know, like I said, there's going to be apparently there's going to be Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is going to show up, and there's my my friend gave me like a laundry list of other characters. There's characters that you see that you're familiar with from uh, from the movies, uh, so even if you're not, uh, you know, you're not into the the B the B B and C class characters that, that will show up on the show. There's a couple of characters, right? Like I said, we had we had Nick Fury, we had we had Samuel L. Jackson in, in the first episode, and he's bound to show up again. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, um, and then you know some of the characters from other movies too, right? Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, but in this particular episode, episode eight, yeah, there's a character from. Uh, from the movies as well have you have you how far are you into like the actual avengers movies have you watched all the avengers movies like all the thors and the yeah. iron mans and stuff i i'm pretty sure that i've seen everything yeah like i just trying to think off the top of my head but something that maybe i haven't seen i but oh, oh, over the years i think i've seen everything okay so maybe not all in the big screen no so, so you should see the key. Well, now that you have Disney Plus, not sponsored by Disney Plus, but if you have done Disney Plus now, then you you can, if you need a refresher, there just it dive is. right and into the world. Every single episode, every single movie, I believe, is on there now. So, even even they even have the X Men movies that aren't even related at all. 
the Deadpool movies are in there now, uh, or at least one Deadpool movie. I'm anyway. pretty sure that I saw uh, Logan was was on. Yeah, yeah, Logan's on there. I think the only the only X Men movie that hasn't shown up there yet is the uh, the Dark Phoenix one or mm. whatever. Or I don't even know, like X Men Dark Phoenix or whatever it is. Mm. I kind of want to see it, but I, I apparently I, so I don't. Think, I I haven't seen it. No, and New Mutants I don't think is on there either. But I have that on DVD, so. I know that as soon as we get off here that you're going to be heading right back in there and trying to oh, exactly. squeeze in a couple more episodes before you fall asleep. So, well, yeah, it's, it, it's a great show. And like WandaVision is the same thing, right? Like it, it's in service to the max. And uh, once, once you're finished about that, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that one as well. But I want to, I want that one, that, that one's only nine episodes and they're about half an hour each. So you should be able to bang that one off. But yeah, like, uh, like yeah, I said, no, you always, I, obviously I've just video game playing child. <laughs> Video game playing child takes precedence. <laughs> I should just go ahead and watch them all. I'm sorry, you you didn't you didn't want to watch. I've I've moved on without you. Speaking of moving on, okay. Why don't we take on. a deep dive down into the classic world of wrestling? The memory lane of wrestling, right? <laughs> As I'm sitting here, surrounded by by wrestling action, my WWF, LJN rubber wrestling figures my wwf i think they're burger king cups i don't know if they're burger king where'd they come from burger king know, just, and they, mcdonald's was quite popular yeah. for both of those style of of glasses yeah, the cups. yeah. interesting now everybody rob is staring into a glass that uh, it's got um is it the demolition demolition, no, the demolition. Oh, sorry. i was looking through the back of the glass yeah. to see the black trunks even better, oh, the, bu- the Bushwhackers, the Bushwhackers. <laughs> so I have a long sorted history with wrestling, and I don't know about you. I know that, that you were a fan of the old classic wrestling. But... So for me, I guess maybe classic wrestling for me was WWF. I, I know that there's a whole world of wrestling before that, but that's essentially when I got into it. Well, I think anybody from our generation, I mean, there, it was NWA, I think, and WWF, and I mean, WWF was on television in Canada, right? I don't think NWA was on television in Canada at all. So you basically, if you wanted to know anything about what was going on in the other federations, you had to buy Pro Wrestling Illustrated magazine or one of those wrestling magazines, Ringside Wrestling or something like that. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it wasn't, WWF just had these characters that were crazy, right? Like, you know, like I said, you know, Demolition and the Bushwhackers and stuff like that. And the great thing too was that these guys came to our hometown on occasion, right? They go up to the Memorial Gardens there and, yeah. you know, they put on a show and half the time it wasn't even any wrestler that you knew they'd have, but you'd have the headliner was like, you know, somebody famous. Meanwhile, all the rest of the guys were just some meat. Iron Mike Sharp, you know, Canada's greatest athlete. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you remember him or not. Oh, from Hamilton, yeah. no. Hamilton, Ontario. But uh... <laughs> he, he, they actually pushed him into a, a fairly big name. Um, as, as he kind of grew with their organization, he was he was always that guy that you knew that was going to lose. Yeah. And for any fight that he was in, but he was always in a big fight. Yeah. No, oh, he he was he was so so one of the things too in in the history of wrestling is that some of the guys that that got the uh, I guess the biggest roles, and you might think like Hulk Hogan was the, was the big biggest role, right? He he was a big money guy, but on the other hand, Definitely. it was the guy the, the people that put him over so putting him over would be like the guys that lost to him to kind of push him to the top kind of thing right so yeah 
those guys were, were integral role. And if you ever watch any wrestling documentary or read any any book, like honest book, not not talking like you know the the kayfabe book or or the stuff that kind of you know caters to the wrestling is real side of it. Okay. But the, the stuff the stuff that talks about the stuff that actually goes on and for real life and, and behind the scenes and stuff like that yeah. is that. The guys that were the meat, the jabronis, the jobbers, the guys like Iron Mike Sharp or uh, the guy, B- Brooklyn Brawler, before he was a Brooklyn Brawler, when he was just the meat, he'd go in there, he'd put on a good show. The the, the hero, the baby face, or the, even the bad guy would come in there and would, would beat the crap out of him. And then that guy would get the big pop from the crowd. Uh, they would talk about how integral those jabroni guys were, the jobbers were. Oh, right? for sure. So, you know, and it was an honor for some of those guys. Like I, I can't remember who it was, but one guy said that he had to lose to Hulk Hogan. And he's like, that to me was like my biggest moment. And like, yeah, you had to lose to him. But then yeah. he's like, yeah, but I got to be in the ring for that massive pop. You know, the, the guy coming down, and I got to make him look good. Right? Exactly. It was my job, my job to make sure that he looked great. Yeah. So it was an honor, right? Like, and you think about it, like, and people think, you know, I, I see in, in wrestling forums and stuff like that, and I, I I'm not a hardcore fan. Like I was for a little bit, but you see these guys go, "Oh, well, this guy should be given the belt because you know he he earned it. He's been wrestling for the longest time." It's like, yeah, but you know that's not what it's about. It's, no, it's a part. It's a story. It, it is. And sometimes, like, and even like I, I I had a film studio, like I mentioned before, and yeah. you know sometimes just being the part role, like being being part of the process, was just as important as being the star. Right? Oh, for sure. And so sometimes, like, you had that role that you really enjoyed. Like I loved even in in school going to uh, uh my, my drama class or whatever you know i got like you know i got the crappy role man i might have gotten the crappy role per se as in i wasn't the star of the show but i had some great lines and memorable lines and i was the guy that made the audience laugh while the the main character was the one who you know was a serious character and stuff right, right? but then i i remember i got the memorable bonus and that's kind of thing what happened with wrestling too that those guys the, the meat the jabronis the jobbers were the guys that got the the best reactions from the crowds or or and got to do the big job right the, the most important job in the entire thing is that they got to make that guy famous yeah no doubt and honestly i mean we all remember iron mike sharp that guy like, <laughs> every, nobody from our generation that watched wrestling will ever forget that guy canada's greatest athlete and the, the, the real crime is that he never got an action figure oh i don't think he did maybe he did but i don't think I don't, he did yeah, I I haven't seen it. I wasn't a, a collector like uh, my brothers were, and and yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, I've never I've never seen a character of him. E- even though I would say that eventually he did make the main cast, even though like, even though he was still considered to be an underdog, like he was starting to, to they they were giving him matches that that he would win. Um, so it was was still pretty cool. So, so let me ask you. Okay, so you're classic WWF guy. You're going, you're going to the to the show. Who is it you want to see? Um, probably Superfly. Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, I want right. to see that guy. I want to see um, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon. That absolutely my number one like, favorite. I, I guess maybe I just I love that weight class. It's just yeah. because they were they were so agile, so fast, yeah. and but they the high flyers. Yeah, and, exactly. But I mean, they were still so big. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of those guys were some of the ones that some of the best in shape, right? Like you think of like Dynamite oh, exactly. Kid, 
the British Bulldog Dynamite Kid and Ricky the Dragon was Ricky the Dragon was like unbelievably fit. Yeah, I mean, you you have to you, you mentioned the Dynamite Kid. Uh, I I need tag team on uh, on that card as well too. I love the British Bulldogs, um, uh, the Heart Foundation. I thought that they were were fantastic as well too. Um, there there were so many great tag teams. A little point of fact here. Uh, Superfly Snuka was the very first LJN wrestler I'd ever bought. Nice. My grandmother, my grandmother, bless her, God, God bless her, soul, uh, rest in peace. She gave me a Sears uh, gift card or a, a gift certificate back in the day, a piece of paper with, I think it was $13 on it. And uh, I went and got my very first wrestling figure. They didn't have Ricky the Dragon or George the Animal, who were my two favorite, but they had Superfly Snooka. And I bought it, and my mom ended up having to pay the tax on it. You know what? I still pay the tax for my son. Uh, well, yeah, we, we, we do, right? <laughs> so it's so a super fly. Yeah, he was amazing. And the, the thing that sucked about the, the old wrestlers, and I don't want to go on about the rest of the, the, the figures. No, I don't mean the wrestlers, but the figures. I don't want to go on about the figures too much. But Superfly Snuka was in a pose where he's flexing one arm, and then he's got one arm down beside his hip. I'm going, how do you do a super fly like that? No, you, you <laughs> don't. That's right. It was just, oh, come on. You can put a guy in a headlock or a DDT, but it's like Superfly Snooker. They named the move after him. Yeah. And here you go. You have him in a, like a, a bodybuilding pose. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, anyway. So get away from the choice that, that weight class as well, too. Uh, Randy, the Macho Man Savage, he was a huge character. Like he, he, he carried over between the, the weight classes as well, too. Oh, like the, probably one of them outside of Hulk Hogan, probably one of the most well-known wrestlers, like to people who are not wrestling fans. Yeah. Everybody's seen the meme, you know, a meme with him in it or, you know, a, a, a gif, a gif uh, with him in it, right? You know, the cream of the crop. What, what we need is a, uh, a Macho Man Savage uh, NFT. You gotta oh, get yes. on that for us, Rob. Oh, I will. I will see about it. I I, I watched that video that you sent me regarding NFTs uh, that we just uh, like we discussed with Gary Class in our last show. But uh, oh boy, there's uh, that's a that's a, a rabbit hole I want to go down. No, just imagine marrying the world of classic wrestling, your WWF, your WWE as a transition, and into the NFT world where. Instead of your rubber collectibles, you're you're actually collecting the the NFT version. We need to look into licensing. A hundred percent, or not even that. Let's just let's just go with a parody parody version of it, right? So I'll I'll do a uh, an artistic rendition, and nice. uh, we'll, we'll go from there, right? So stay tuned. Do you have any? Did you ever go to any shows by yeah, any chance? I, I only went to one show. Okay, so um, so that was tell me about that experience. The, so that was. I think that was the first one that came to Canada. Um, it was, uh, it was in Toronto, and uh, we had, we actually had floor tickets, but oh, my wow. brothers were were too short and okay. couldn't couldn't see above, and so we actually ended up moving into the stands, um, right. off to the side, so then they could actually see. Yeah. But it, you know what? It, it was an amazing show. I mean, they just they know how to they know how to turn a stadium around. It's just, they get the whole crowd going. Everybody's interacting. You, you know, you're, you're there for the good guy. You're there for the bad guy. You're, 
you're there for the complete match, the complete show. Well, the great thing that I liked about that too is that and I went to a lot of the smaller shows, so at Memorial Gardens, and uh, yep, th- those shows were a lot smaller, and uh, it was easier to get front row seats because I, I find that if I was on the floor, you can only really get front row seats if to enjoy this show fully. Uh, like if you if you're up in the in the bowl section of of the, the arena, that's fine, right? Because then you can see everything and it's great. Yep. But if you're if you're down in the seats and you're like you know four or five rows back, you're not gonna. I mean, as a, especially if you're a kid, you're not gonna see anything, right? So, but if you get front row, that's where the action really was, because then the wrestlers would come out, and you know they they you know they come running around, especially back in those days, they go running around the ring, smacking everybody's hands and stuff like that. But work up the crowd. Yeah, but the great thing was is that like especially at a, at a house show where there's no television cameras and stuff like that. These guys would like actually, their character would turn off as soon as the match was over. So sometimes some of the guys would walk out of the ring, make it look like they're still hurting or something like that. Sometimes they're legitimately hurt. Yes. A lot of times the guys would just like walk by and like you know, even though they're the the, the heel, the bad guy, you know, they still like you know they they slap your hand as you're walking yeah, by they or take, whatever. Right? They take yeah, the time they, they with take, the crowd. And this one time I'd watch. Um, so there there was these guys called I think they were the Headhunters or the Wild Samoans. And they, they were the guys that would eat, like, the fish, you know, like, heads, right, as they're coming out. Yeah. And everybody booed them and hated them. And uh, I remember the one show I went, and, and they had lost, so they were, like, the last ones out of the ring or whatever, or they'd won. I can't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. But as they're walking out of the ring, there was a special needs kid right by, right beside the, uh, right by the exit ramp or whatever. There wasn't a ramp, but right by the exit, there was a special needs kid in a wheelchair. Just, and and he, he was – the the one wrestler this so the one wild Samoan this guy who doesn't speak English you know hates every human tries to eat people's heads and all that stuff goes up to the kid and gives him a hug right just gets yeah. down on his knees and gives him a hug and you know and like That's signs cool. a bunch of stuff for him and and like this kid I mean was just so ecstatic like he was bawling and not bawling in fright but bawling in in, in joy yeah and that's awesome was, like and that was the stuff right. And like even like after like sometimes we'd stay after the after the, the match and we'd go to the Zamboni entrance, you know, because that's where all the wrestlers would come out. And uh, some of those guys would stop and they chat with you or they sign some autographs for you. Back in the day, it was a little tough though because those guys, you know, they did three four shows a day. Yeah. So they'd finish their show and they'd run off to the car four or five, and that was a great thing too. You'd see Iron Sheik and and Shawn Michaels, and then like you know like you know so these guys that are like rivals and stuff like that, getting in the same all car. jumping in the car together. Yeah. They just bash each, the next show. bash each other in the head with their boots, and now they're hopping in the car together. And back then too, because back then, it was, as a kid especially, nobody nobody knew the mystique around it. Was it real or wasn't it real? Right, that was always yeah. the thing. Right, long before you know it all came out in in you know the the nineties and two thousands and stuff like that. But it was always saying that thing's fake. No, it's not. It's real, mm-hmm. right? You know exactly. I mean, we all bought in. We were young, and it was. It was just so so athletic. Like how how can how can that be fake? Like I mean, like look at these guys. They're not putting on a show. Yeah, and even if it was even if it was fake, this certain thing like from oil that those guys put on their bodies, the damage that they put in their bodies, right? And you you'd say it's fake all you want and be like some pompous ass about it, but those guys worked hard for you and for your entertainment. And oh, a lot sure. of those guys, and you see some of them, right? Like you talk about like guys like Jake the Snake Roberts, who like basically destroyed his life to entertain people. You know, he got to the point where he he needed drugs to and alcohol to make him feel okay, you know, mm-hmm. from show to show, right? And you know, it wasn't that it was he just, you know, picked up at a random addiction or that he's a party guy. And you know, I'm sure he was to a certain extent. But at some point, like, you know, after you drop it being dropped on your head three or four times, your your neck and shoulder constantly hurt. 
Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, they, they have ways to try to reduce the impact, but the yeah. fact remains, there's still going to be an impact. Oh, exactly. And I mean, and you to, have to be in shape to yeah. be able to, to deal with that. And not only that, like, I mean, imagine three to four shows a day, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you might say, oh, he's, he's only working for 15 minutes, but, you know, yeah, but then he's going to get in the car. He's going and, from you know, Guelph over to Hamilton to... to Toronto or yeah, to, exactly. you know, Just back to the States and stuff like that. All in one day, right? You know, it's not like the modern athletes these days, you know, taking airplanes and you know, getting, like, you know, nice nap and getting proper nutrition and all that stuff. These guys had to pay for their freaking Burger King on the road. Yeah. You know, they put the gas in the car. And drive to the very next venue, which could be hours away. Just to come you know? away with a couple bucks to yeah, survive and, the week. And, you know, and to sometimes, you know, like almost die, you know, just to, to entertain people. Yeah. And there was one point that I, uh, I had considered getting into wrestling um, back. I was probably about probably in my mid twenties. Oh, you would have made a great so. wrestler though. I, I think I would. I, I my 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 gimmick was going to be George Animal Steel's long lost son. I I can see that. <laughs> I can so I'd, see that. I'd have the shaved head, the hairy body, and I just run around going you you. <laughs> but uh, I'd actually I'd actually scheduled it to go to go to a, a wrestling school, but uh, when I uh, the, when the appointment came around, I guess the, the guys had folded up, and it was just like one of those things, and I guess it was just hey. But uh, I even thought like I could just be like a wrestling like uh, 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 referee. My my one friend wanted to be a, ref, a referee, but he he was a big guy. He should have been a wrestler. And he knew yeah. everything about wrestling. But uh, that he he just felt like he knew everything about wrestling that he oh, should be a referee. Yeah, yeah. So and but plus he said you know you'd always be in the ring with all these top superstars. So kind of like the jobber kind of thing, right? Like, when you talk about uh, that, you had planned on on going to the the school. I actually hear that that was kind of a a thing that people often had to to kind of go through is that they would try to you know sign up at these schools and would would the schools would start the guys would work them so hard that they wouldn't want to come back the next day yeah until in figuring that within within three workouts that they can get rid of everybody and they've already got their money yeah or they or, yeah. or they would fold up and disappear in the middle of the night yeah, yeah, I, I have no doubt that that kind of shady stuff happened. I, I think that there, there's probably like a, a certain area where that would happen. I think more than like you know, maybe maybe it was like in that situation itself. But I know that there's there's a local wrestling federation that's been around a long time. I don't know if it's still going on with with COVID and all that stuff, but um, the one locally or whatever that they they still do. They were doing shows regularly, and they're trying to get it just just even get on to like uh, Rogers Television, so local cable television. Yep. And uh, I see. I'd watched one or two shows on on the local cable television, and uh, the production was terrible. But uh, I mean, it was still fun, right? And I, I've gone to like shows by these independent companies that you know. We went to a Canada Day a Canada Day show, and they were in the Cambridge uh, or the the Riverside Park in in one of our local town communities, and uh, they had a wrestling ring. And those guys, was, I mean, they had they built up a pretty good crowd on a Canada Day wrestling awesome. outside in the sun. You know, they had a ring set up and, you know, they had these characters. You didn't know who any of these guys were. But they were a character. They were a character and they, and they had fun, right? You know, you knew who the bad guy was. You knew who the good guy was. Yeah. And 
it was the one, you know, you'd get up there and like, I hadn't, hadn't done that in like 20 years or so. And I got up there like uh, yelling at, yelling at one of the bad guys and he's yelling at me. And cause it's like, God, I think my kids were just like, my kids were looking going, what the hell is going on here? Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're embarrassed. I think they were actually, my, my kids were at that point were pretty big into wrestling. They were enjoying okay. wrestling. So they just couldn't believe that, you know, I was getting involved, like You're just yelling at the, the guy. Yeah. Right. But I wasn't, but I was, you know, kind of thing. Right. So I, I'd seen a lot of shows and uh, I remember, so you remember George Animal Steel? Oh, right? for sure. Anyway, so he he was he was this crazy guy. He he apparently didn't speak, and they they took him through like a gauntlet where they tried to get him to speak one time, and they put him on electrodes, and you know, but he could never speak. He he, he <laughs> few words, and he would chase down Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth, and go, "Mine, she's mine," right, or just like that, or whatever, right? Uh, and you point at somebody and go, "You, you," right? And anyway, so it was, it was years after he, I guess. I hadn't he hadn't been really on the show anymore. We were at a, uh, again a local show, but this one was WWF sponsored, and uh, we're standing out front waiting for the show to start to, to go in the arena. And I look back and out, out on the sidewalk, you know, a little bit away from the uh, from the arena, I see this guy. He looks like George Animal Steel, but he's wearing like a suit, business suit, and a business tie and all that stuff. Oh, is that him? It's hard to tell. Like, it's hard to tell the, the, their persona when they're not are in the wrestling ring is a little different than when they're there, like in Completely. real life right yeah so sometimes you don't recognize them right so i walked up to him and i said hey are you george animal steel and he goes in a previous life and he just kept on walking by <laughs> I, I, stopped, like, I was like oh this is like i was like i was in the presence of greatness oh for and sure. I, yeah, but i didn't i didn't know if it, like i mean just the way he responded to me i'm like okay i don't think i should chase him down for an autograph or yeah. tell him that i love him or i wanted a picture with him back then i obviously don't have selfies back then right yeah, but, uh, but yeah, no, you, you kind of get that feeling, kind of. Yeah. yeah, he's he's not really as part of this world as, as yeah. he once was. Yeah, so I think he was at the time he was working kind of like as an advisor or an administration role within the wrestling yeah. world, right? And it's just, but it was yeah, one of those things. I go back to my friends, I'm like, George Animal can say more than a couple words. Right? <laughs> well, the rumor is that he was actually a teacher in yeah, uh, in his former really life before. Yeah. Uh, before getting into mm-hmm. WWF wrestling. So he's clearly an educated man. Oh, clearly, yeah. But uh, yeah, and I mean, and he was over with the fans. I remember my mom had a, I'm an animal lover t-shirt, you know, and it's just like, that's all it said across. I'm an animal lover and had a picture of his face kind of on it. And he was like, <laughs> with his hands up in the air, right? And uh, that's uh, awesome. man, like, yeah, those, those old guys, they, they were they were so classic. And, uh, and despite like, you know, not getting any money, you know, like the, the guys nowadays, like the, the kids nowadays that wrestle, you know, they're, they're, they're spoiled in a way. Right. I mean, you know, don't, no disrespect to them because they, they are all super talented and put on a great show and super, especially nowadays, they're all super fit. Right. There's no, there's no big, you know, massive King Kong Bundies anymore. You know, they're all like super fit and they're all talented and put yeah. on really good shows. But they, they are kind of, they are standing on the shoulders of giants. Oh, exactly. And like a lot of those old guys, man, they made no money. They they killed themselves, literally, in some cases, literally killed themselves for the business and for their, so that these guys could be millionaires now, right? So that you could have like the Randy Ortons and the Alexa Blisses of the world, like just being so hugely over and being, you know, paid the same way that a, a professional athlete would be, right? Yeah. Again, like th- think about all that money that they made for that organization back then. Exactly. And to think that, you know, they didn't get a dime of it probably, you know, to a certain extent, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard some pretty bad horror stories about, uh, about how they were treated. But on the other hand, I've also heard that, you know, I mean, since they 
since you know things have done really well for like WWE, you know, yes. that a lot of the, the old legendary guys have been either given jobs or you know are usually you know credited or giving given money. I don't know for sure, and, and put that's into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there, there's got to be rewards there too, but or maybe maybe not. Maybe yeah. they're. Yeah. Maybe they're just living off their name, doing the yeah. the circuits at the the, the, the comic cons and the card show like Virgil. <laughs> yeah. do, do, you, do you remember Virgil? I'm trying to picture him. Million dollar the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. You remember him? Yeah. Okay, so you remember he had an escort. Uh, he he was uh, uh, a really uh, fit. Oh black yeah, man. yeah, yeah. No, totally. Virgil. Different. Yeah. That's cut to about, I don't know, five, six years ago. Uh, my kids went to meet Mick Foley at a local Toronto card show. And uh, we went there specifically to meet Mick Foley because they loved Mick Foley. So we got action figures for him to sign all that stuff. And he was he was great. Stand-up guy, like one of the best people I've ever met as a celebrity. And so we're walking around. I, I, you know, obviously being a comfortable guy, I was walking around looking at the card show, checking all the cards. And they're sitting under the sign that says, the million-dollar man and Virgil in small letters. <laughs> and there's a million dollar belt sitting on this table and there's Virgil. Virgil. I don't see a million dollar man. I'm looking around, I don't see the million dollar man. And somebody says, hey, check out Virgil. Yeah, he, the million dollar man doesn't come here with him. <laughs> like, okay, so he's, he's, he's kind of living off that whole persona, right? Yeah. So I go up to him and I'm like, okay, cool, right? You know, this yeah, is Virgil. Yeah. So I introduce the kids, right? And he just goes into this like sales pitch, right? I don't even get him down there. And he starts trying to sell me all these pictures and he said, $20 each, $20 each, I sign them, right? And some of these pictures, he's like, he's barely a character on this picture, right? Like he's got this one picture and it's like this whole WWE roster or WWF roster with like, you know, Vince McMahon and all these different wrestlers. And there's Virgil kind of like in the corner, right? Just, just his head kind of <laughs> yeah. peering yeah. Yeah, over the top like, of one of the other guys. Barely lit. It's like he had to Photoshop himself in there or something. Right? <laughs> and he offers the so, so I buy it. I buy it for 20 bucks. I feel sorry for the guy. Yeah. yeah like he's, he's just peddling his wares, right? Yep. And uh, I, as soon as I buy that from him, then he, then he, I guess, I don't know if he saw like some cash in my wallet, but then he just starts trying to sell me everything. And but he's sitting there and he's talking to me and he's talking to me, but I can't understand a word he's saying. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know if he if he's like, you know, if he's got an issue or something like that. Or, you know, I, I don't remember because he didn't really talk a lot. Right. Uh, like you know in the in the show right so i didn't know if maybe he he just you know he had he was from somewhere else and didn't have like a good grasp of the english language and i'm like sitting there and my kids like completely like they have no idea what's going on and so it was an experience but then i, I read up some stuff on him after i was pretty excited i, I got an autograph from virgil and people were laughing that's, at me about it oh well that's still pretty cool <laughs> it was cool but at the like same if, time if they're if going a wrestling to wrestling fan that's cool any wrestler you get get an autograph from these people were saying though that he does this. He he pedals it. Like he 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 goes to these shows and you know he's got the million dollar belt and he's even apparently he's been like he shouldn't even have that. You know he just you know, somehow he got a copy of it or something like that or it's just like it's a fake <laughs> and one and he brings it around brings from it, show to show and, and puts and he's got the banner with million dollar yeah over in, in his name as well yeah. And so he's, he's a he's a total yeah he's like he's he's a car salesman and you know and. But the funny thing was, I felt I did feel bad for him because when we went up to him, there's like this place is packed, like fourteen thousand people, forty thousand people, sorry, you know, in this wow. in this place at any time, right? And nobody's at his table, and it's like they've all yeah. all these people have probably been at these shows before, and they've all experienced him, and they, it was just like I was I was that one poor guy that went over to him, yeah, and got sucked in, and probably, you know, 
39,000 people turned and looked over their left just to watch you go through that experience that they had already been through before. And they all giggled, right? And going, ha ha, check this out, right? <laughs> have, you, have you met a wrestler? Uh, no, no, okay. I have never met a wrestler. Okay. So I'm glad, because we went to a lot of shows, we, we had the opportunity, especially in, in our local arena, we, we had an opportunity to meet a bunch of different wrestlers here and there and stuff. We're interactive because we always got front row seats or the seats right beside where the entrance ramp was, right? Because especially in our area, right? Like it was like $15 for a ticket and 12 people showed up to the local shows, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I'd go to some of the lower class shows, but I, yeah. I didn't stick around after the shows to, okay. to meet the wrestlers at all. Uh, we went to a show that wasn't WWF sponsored, but but a lot of old wrestlers were there, like Greg the Hammer Valentine, King Kong Bundy, and I actually got in the ring with King Kong Bundy for a photo shoot. And uh, oh, I want to tell, tell, talk about an experience. So you get in there, and I knew King Kong Bundy because he was one of my he was my favorite heel for the longest time. Oh, he was an amazing and, uh, wrestler. Yeah, what a character. He was, like, he was a monster, right? So I get in there, and he's he's towering above me, like you know maybe a foot foot and a half above me. And, uh, and for the I, listeners, I mean, Rob's actually a pretty big guy himself. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a little guy, right? For by any means. I mean, at the time, I mean, I was, I was, uh, I was going through like a teenage spurt too, right? So I was like, probably, let's say I was probably 18 or 19 at the time. So I was taller, wasn't, wasn't as, as meaty as I am now. But uh, so yeah, so I get in the ring with him, and uh, I say, "Can I try to slam you?" And he just he looks at me and goes, "No, I'm just going to choke you." And he grabs me around the neck without warning, right? <laughs> puts his hands around the, and I had. I had my hands around his wrist and my hand, my fingers, my thumb and my forefinger did not meet. <laughs> okay. So imagine, and they were like, like, I can't show you here, but they were like this, right? So they were half, like, just halfway I, around. I would have to have two hands to make a complete circle around his wrist, one wow. wrist, right? So it was, oh, like he was and that massive. guy, that guy is a giant. And he strangled me. Like he, he, <laughs> he strangled you. He strangled me and like, and he held on to me. And I'm like, I don't Rob's know. greatest I was, day of his life. I, I was <laughs> equally <laughs> frightened. I was equally frightened, somewhat turned on, equally frightened. <laughs> and I look over at the camera again, and, and the guy takes a picture of the camera. Like, and King of Bunny's just like, and like, and if you look at the picture, I, I've got the picture on my, my I'll send it to you at some point, but yeah. the picture, and like, I, I look like frightened, but delighted at the same time. And he's looking like he wants to murder me, right? He may, may have wanted to. Yeah. And then, then after the picture is taken, he kind of lets me go and he's like, get out of here, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, basically, right? So, so I kind of <laughs> the ring. And uh, but, oh, one of, one of the best experiences of my life. And like, and there was zero interaction, basically. Like, I just like, he strangles me. I yeah, get but you know what? That, that's such a cool experience. Yeah. Um, like one, he, he's, there's some fright there that, that mm-hmm. you get to experience about this giant man putting his hands yeah. around you that could yeah. easily, you know, just close snuff, in on your neck. Exactly. Snuff the, snuff the life out of me with yeah. like a, a heartbeat. Exactly. Right? But, but he's, he's like an old time hero as well. Yeah. Well, he, he was a character, right? Like that, at that oh, moment, sure. he was a character and that, that was like amazing, right? Like, yeah. Was, yeah. I've met a lot of celebrities, like mostly like B-rated celebrities, nothing like really right home about, but um, I've met enough celebrities in my lifetime to know that, you know, when you meet them in real life, uh, they're not the character that they play in whatever show it is or whatever, like, you know, wrestling thing that you you would meet them in, right? So sometimes meeting them in real life, it's almost like they're on your same level and they're just not the same, you know, like it's not the, you know, if you're to meet like, Captain wearing Kirk, a pair like, of jeans and a t-shirt yeah. and 
They're yeah. just they're like a regular guy like like you and I. Yeah, and it's not like you know. So you know, you meet Captain Kirk, and he's not he's William Shatter. He's not Captain Kirk, right? right. So he's not like you know. He's not going to like you know be looking all suave and looking like you know the guy from uh, that would bang three boob blue babes, right? You know. Yeah. Uh, but in the wrestling environment, those guys like sometimes they play that character twenty four seven, especially those old classic guys, right? Mm-hmm. And like it didn't matter what you're doing, like and like I said, I mentioned you know the the headhunter went and hugged the, the special needs kid, and they they were always good with the fans. For I mean, all this all my experiences, they were usually pretty good with with people. Yeah. But they, they for most part, you know, they they were still that character, right? So it was fun to interact with them because especially like you know when you're at ringside and they're 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 beating each other, you know, crushes stomping on Randy Macho Man Savage right in front of me, and we're like sitting there like right in their their fence, and you know like you know Macho Man, my my friend puts his foot and touches Macho Man in the back of his foot. You know, like, that's how close they were, right? And, uh, but, yeah, like... Tickling his foot. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just picturing this little <laughs> coming through. And, uh, yeah, that's just a little creepy where you're, where you're going with that one, but... Uh, <laughs> but no, like, your I mean, friend is the creepy one. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I can guarantee you that. And, uh, we, but, yeah, like, I mean, you sit there and you yell at them and scream in their face and they give it right back to you and it's all fun and games, right? Like... There, there's pictures up in the old arena. My aunts, you know, at an old wrestling show back in the day with the, the butcher and uh, oh. Abdullah, Abdullah the butcher, right? And the old the old original sheep, not the iron sheep, but the old original yeah. sheep. Oh, that's aunts. awesome. And that is awesome. Old lady with a cane. And my aunts told me the story of this old lady with a cane who would beat the wrestlers as they came out. Like if it was a bad guy or a heel, she would hit them with her cane. Oh, God. <laughs> like talk about, the, the, the stuff that they have to put up with. Yeah. And it's not it's not bad enough that they have to get in the ring and put on the show for for everybody but actually being beaten by the audience as they come people, through people literally right. hated people literally hated them back in those days right like hated <laughs> them or loved them and because again you didn't know if it was real or not i know i'm, I'm an actor I, i'm just i'm here to put on a show for you if you could please not hit me but to be honest like i mean those guys back then they they engaged right oh, they completely that stuff uh, for for instance, again another another show um, uh, we watched, and it might have even been the show with with the the headband or the the headhunters, or, or the the wild Samoans. But I believe that they fought the bushwhackers. So mm-hmm. the bushwhackers were were like the heroes at the time, right? And they were pretty big at the time, so they were like the the main card or something. Yeah, they got pretty big. And, yeah, and so uh, we were again we were right there in front row. We were like right on the edge where the wrestlers came in and out, and uh, the bushwhackers had lost that night. And I know because I, the only reason I remember is because they came out, they they left the ring after everybody else had gone and everything was kind of slowing down and all that stuff. And uh, but the thing was, if you stuck your head out, you know, you know, sometimes they just grab that person and they lick his head, right? You know, and just, you know, they wouldn't yeah. actually lick, they lick the head or anything like that. They yeah. just grab the head and like kind of like, you know, give you a little nuggle or noogie or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, I did that. And so doesn't the bushwhacker grab me by the ears and headbutt me? Oh, on the top of the freaking head. Oh, the he, worst. I, I swear he can cuss Wait. me. I swear he can cuss me. I had to sit down. We, we need uh, to have like a word with him. Yeah. Like <laughs> he, I, he probably thought you're going for a headbutt. This is what this guy wants. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, I was expecting a lick. I was expecting a lick. I mean, I don't know why I would expect a lick or want a lick. <laughs> I put my head out there. I put Everybody myself must in. Have quite the pair. Oh, Pickling toes man. and getting your head. Oh, yeah. man. we 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 were wild. We were wild and too wild and crazy guys. Right? <laughs> we love those shows, man. We 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 oh, so love those shows. 
but yeah like honestly like i i still have post-concussion syndrome to this day and i i would say that now no i mean i played hockey i got hit by a car once you know but i would honestly think say that that headbutt was probably the most painful contusion to the head or or blast to the head that i've ever had oh man and oh like crazy I could not stand up for a while. Like I had to sit in my chair, my folding, the uncomfortable little folding chair at the wrestling show. I had to sit there and just like, oh my goodness. Like he hauled off. Like he grabbed me by the ears. I I remember specifically feeling that the, the, the impact. Like why would he want to handle. do that? Like it's, he's hurting himself yeah. just as well. I, you know what? That head was so freaking hard. I don't think he, he look, he's Australian, okay? <laughs> I, you know what, I don't know, I, I hope I don't insult any Australians, but I'm sure that those guys have, like, craniums that are, like, solid rock. They're just tough. <laughs> They're just tough. tough they are dudes. tough bastards. They're tough bastards. Speaking of Australia, uh, what, you know, let's segue into our to our next little uh, uh, topic. Okay, we're, we're talking about uh, COVID and restrictions and border closings and all that stuff. Travel hasn't been available to us but now in the next you know while i mean it looks like things are starting to go although we we've apparently just been declared into a third wave somehow i don't know how i mean yeah they're seeing something new but yeah let's keep moving past that i'm, I'm tired yeah. of talking about that yeah so so anyway yeah so destination travel where do you want to go when everything opens up where do you miss what have you done? Let's just talk about travel. Yeah, let's no, talk sure. about sunshine. Let's talk about not even sunshine. Let's talk about just photography, whatever. Destination yeah. travel. Oh man. So for me now, the opportunity to travel, it uh I've become spoiled with it. And but you have to realize though, I came from a childhood where my big summer vacation was going down to Sarnia. Like, I mean, you know, I, like my, my grandparents, they, they lived on a farm outside of Sarnia. And I love, I love spending summers there. It's a good yeah, yeah, and That's what, know, three, three hours swimming, away? Swimming in the pool, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of two, two and a half kind of thing. Okay. But yeah. so that was my big trip. Yeah. But now, like, uh, gosh, I spoil my kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're always going on all these big vacations and you know i should probably be spending or saving more than i spend uh, but uh, i mean you're, i you're gonna die eventually exactly um i want uh, a couple places i want to go to the american midwest uh, nice and i i've always wanted to go to hawaii so i see how i would be beautiful two two places that i want to experience next um both both just kind of from a photography standpoint and right. also just an adventure travel and experience uh piece as well too like yeah they they both offer so much so i've watched a lot of travel shows mostly like those ones where you get the 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 rich white person or white rich white couple who yep. travel around the world and all that stuff and i you know and they just with the British accent, or you know, or the, just uh, the, the the naive American who's you know doesn't know anything outside of Tennessee. Anybody who's listening, the Chevy probably Chase. Watches, yeah, probably you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. But yeah, the Chevy Chase type people, right? You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of that person in a way is that I want to do that. I just want to go and experience culture. Oh, for and sure. Number one, that's number one. Like, so 
I've always been like, I wanted to go to like England and Scotland and I wanted to go to Europe and Australia and I want to go to, I, I mean, I've traveled across Canada numerous times and Canada's mm-hmm. a massive expanse. You probably basically get all of the wonders of the world in Canada, you know, the same experience that you might get. I mean, other than like, you know, buildings and culture, right? So you get this from one coast to the other, you get mountains, you get forests, you get, yeah, but you it know, takes you an entire week to travel it. That, that's right, right? But, yeah, I mean, you get, like, a lot of stuff that you might get from other countryside and stuff, but you don't get that culture, right? So I've always been that person. It's like, I've always wanted to do the culture thing. But then my wife, after we got married, we've always talked, we talked about going to the Caribbean or to, to the Sun Belt kind of thing, doing something like that. But she, it's always kind of been focused on her because I never really was interested in that. Okay. I wanted culture. I want, I want to go somewhere. I want to, I want to be with the, the, the natives of the country, the, like the native people. Yeah. And learn about them and experience their life and experience their food and you know how they they live and stuff like that to a certain extent and uh well my wife's always always been wanted she just said i just need to go to the sun belt at some point i need to go to the caribbean right. okay so which i love by the way yeah well well this is it like i was like i didn't really care to go but i wanted to satisfy her so i said okay right. let's go yeah. let's go we, we, we made the, the the snap decision to go to cuba and i was like i didn't know if i wanted to go to cuba because i heard about you know heard bad stuff and you know you always hear the american propaganda about cuba being you know, sure. a terrible place and you know then we looked at mexico but then mexico but then you know cuba ended up being the cheapest and best at the time when we booked it mm-hmm. so, so we get to cuba and i kind of went there with reservations and my wife just wanted to be on the beach i, I said i want to do stuff i don't want to sit on the beach you can sit on the beach i'll give them do stuff yeah. and uh, we got there and my god what a wonderful amazing experience that was like it's gone to the point now where like i didn't want to be there now I want to go every year. Oh, for sure. <laughs> See, that's the problem. You you fall in love with the people. You fall in love with the, the, the culture. Um, I remember uh, one uh, one year, I we we had done a cruise into the Caribbean, and one of the stops was Jamaica. And our servers specifically said, you know what, just stay on the on the pier that's gated and enclosed. Well, as soon as they say that. I, I want to be on the other side of that gate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and and I I walked out, and within uh, seven steps, I was being asked asked if I want to buy marijuana. The the cops were only another four steps past them, and nobody mm-hmm. cared a, at all. But yeah. you walked into these areas that they, like honestly, their homes were were pieces of tin that were slapped together. Yeah. Like it was such a poor area, and but just an eye opener. Yeah, it really it really is to a certain extent, right? Like, and this is like I, I'll talk about like Cuba in that I loved it. I love the people that we were with. Like, you know, we were on we were on a, in the the Kao Coco area. So the, there's like literally no the only people that were on the island that were native were people that were shipped in to Sirius kind of thing. So it was kind of like a total servitude, white right. privilege kind of kind of thing, right? And, uh, but to me, I was like, at first I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. This is really great. You know, you got unlimited food, unlimited drinks and stuff like that. And you see these people and they, and the people that worked there, they looked like they were happy and stuff like that. And, and from what I knew, from what we learned is that they were the richest people on the island probably because, you know, I mean, people who didn't work in the tourist industry worked in, you know, whatever other industry, but they didn't get paid anywhere near what people, these people made from tips and stuff. Yeah, look, I mean, the... They often work their backsides off. Oh, for sure, they were there twelve-hour days. To to you know to support their families, 
um, that are living off of that that salary, which, you know, uh, from a Canadian standpoint, looks like nothing. But Peanuts, yeah. yeah, exactly. But but they're working, you know, at least twelve hour days, probably yeah. more. Well, and then they had to sit on the bus, you know, especially like in, in Keokoko, for instance, like there was an hour and a half away from Moron, uh, the town that was near us, right? right? And that was where they lived. Even then, I was I was a little unsatisfied at that point is that the culture, I still wasn't feeling the culture. So we went and did a, a couple of excursions. And one one was called the, uh, I think it was the, the sugar and sugar and rum tour and so we were going to go to a sugar factory an old sugar factory learn a bit about the history of sugar there and learn about rum and coffee and stuff like that they said okay we're going to these places and the tour guy was telling us about the country and all that stuff and it was really it was cool to learn all about you know about uh castro and and uh, uh che Guevara and stuff like that and uh we we ended up going to these uh, we went to like a um a coffee uh a plantation i still got this feeling it just this doesn't feel like culture. I still don't feel that I'm really learning. I'm meeting real people, right? Like these people looked almost staged in a way, right? <laughs> and then, then we then we start driving through the, the town of Moran to uh, to our uh, sugar plantation, and we're driving through there, and I'm looking around and like it's wow, this looks like really ramshackle, really run down kind of stuff, and these houses are all like falling apart and stuff. I wasn't thinking. I mean, like that's just you know the way their country is, right? So you don't think so much because it's not like they have to deal with snow and all that stuff. So uh the elements are they're still fairly protected from the elements yeah but he said but he took us to this bar and the bar was like closed off there's like nobody else there except what looked like people who were not cubans right there there's a couple of people that look like they might be spanish but they're also looking very affluent like they had nice clothes on and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i'm sitting again i'm sitting there going hmm you know they, they sang some music but then the girl that was like she's peddling the cd around the, you know for 10 bucks for a cd of their music and I'm looking and I'm saying she looks way too you know posh and the, the musicians look way too posh I'm like okay whatever so then we go off to uh the, the sugar plantation it looks like a rundown factory that's not running anymore it looks like a museum there's nothing going on there there's nobody working there maybe it's like two people running a bar kind of thing so we get some free rum to try out sugar yeah. and rum or something like that and then they take us to like a whole other plantation, but this whole time we're going to all these places and going, everything just seems staged and away from real culture, right? Yeah, so and, fine. and that might be the case. Yeah, and I think that we, we ended up going to, and I, I don't want to keep talking on about this, but we ended up going to like a market. Uh, they said that it's, it's, a, it's a city market, you know, you can get the real culture, right? And so we get there and all the stuff, there's like five or six houses in a row and they're all like selling stuff out of their front yard. And the houses do look a little run down. Grossly. Yeah. And, but then I'm looking at all, all the stuff that's there. It's all the same stuff that we could get by on the resort. And I even like kind of try to the haggle one person. I wanted to buy something. I, I try to talk them down. And they're like, no. Not even like, not a haggle, nothing, right? No. 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 <laughs> and I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm going, this is the same stuff we can get back on the resort. So again, I'm still not satisfied, right? Yeah. These people don't seem like real people. So then... The guy told us if you do if you do wander away because we had a time limit if you do wander away just don't interact with anybody that approaches you right okay it sounds a little sketch but at the same time he promised about how safe it was so I see this in the in the in the distance I seen like a, a what looked like a park something from like Chernobyl you know there's like a Ferris wheel and a merry-go-round but they're all like rusted out and dilapidated uh, I go I want to go take some pictures yeah so I left the wife I left the wife back at the bus and I said okay I'm gonna go over and take some pictures. Well, I go walking over there and we're walking right by the hospital and 
don't three people approach me at, at some like inter intervals, right? They approach me and they start talking to me about that's where I'm from. I said, I'm from Canada. And, uh, and exactly like the, the, the tour guide had said, they're going to tell you about a story about their family, you know, who lives in Canada, but then they kind of, you know, there's a money issue and they need, you know, blah, 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 right? So Zach saying every every guy comes up comes up to me starts talking about his family in Canada, yeah basically the same story saying that they need money for their family in Canada and all that stuff. So I kind of blow them off, right? Like I, you know, yeah. they, nobody nobody gets money out of me because I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got a couple of pictures and I go, okay, I got to get back to the bus because you know, like I see people like kind of lurking about and stuff. I'm just like I can't keep turning these guys away. So they they take us downtown, tell us they're going to take us to an art gallery. So we go to the downtown we're on. And there's people standing, sitting around, standing around everywhere, right? And he files this, like, this whole bus full of people into this, like, little tiny little boutique shop. And it's, like, a bunch of, like, they, they take utensils, like, forks and spoons, and they, they form it into, like, animals and stuff like that, okay. right? And it's really expensive stuff. Like, I mean, expensive, right? Like, not, like, Cuban expensive. It's expensive stuff, it's like, even for me. And I'm going, wow, this is, like, a lot of money for some stuff that, you know, isn't really, like, great. But then I just like, it's so stuffy and we're all jammed in there. It's like, this isn't an art gallery. It's like a shop. And he probably knows the person that runs the shop, right? For sure. So I, kind of, so I walk out. Uh, okay, I stand in the street. I'm just kind of looking around and like, yeah. And they're like, everybody except the shop looks like what you would expect, you know, people in a communist country to look like. You know, they're, they're these haggard people who look like they're not working. You know, they look like people that would hang out downtown yeah. our area, right? And they're sitting there, you know, in clothes that are like obviously not bought for from from Cuba. They're you know they're wearing clothes that people have given them, or they're you know <laughs> yeah. clothes that don't fit. And a guy walks up to me and he's got his bellies hanging out of his shirt. And he's wearing a I don't remember what shirt, but it was, it was like a, like some American like company shirt, right? And he walks up to me and he, he sees my hat. And I, at this time, I I purchased a Che Guevara hat with the the big red star in the middle mm -hmm. of it. You know the the kind of the flat hat that you see like uh, Fidel Castro wearing. Uh, he walks up to me and he starts talking about Che Guevara. He says, oh, you know, like these people like really seemed authentically to appreciate Che Guevara. But he starts talking to me and he hands me a peso, and it's one of one of uh, the the uh, civilian pesos as opposed to the the tourist pesos. Oh. And so so it, like it, to me it's worthless, but to him it's probably like a like a salary, right? And so um, he's showing me then the Che Guevara on there with a star or whatever, and he shows it to me and he starts talking to me and telling me about you know like that I can have it. I'm like, oh, okay, I appreciate it, right? And he goes, do you have any shirts or do you have anything like that I can have? And I'm like, I didn't have, we didn't bring anything on it with us, right? Because they, they told us not to bring anything. Yeah. And so, uh, so I really apologized. I tried to give it back to him, but he wouldn't let me take it back or he wouldn't take it back. I felt so bad because, you know, the, the, oh, like this, this, you know, this was probably a lot of money for him. And I felt so bad. But then I was like saying that now this is a culture. This is a part like they, this tour that we took, this excursion, was keeping us away from the real culture of yeah. these people, right? And as we're driving through, which is, in this, which is disappointing. Yeah, we're driving through in this massive bus and and you know like the, like air conditioned bus, and you see these people, and we're we're seeing the bread lines kind of stuff, the bank lines and all that stuff, and just seeing wow, like that's what I really wanted to do. So that was kind of, I, I'm sorry for kind of taking off on that one, but no, like I I, I personally think that that's uh, a big part of the experience. I, you know, quite often with the types of trips that I do where we are kept away from the, the, the real locals. Yeah, the, the real, real culture. People, yeah. And, and I know that. And, you know, so I am experiencing just the people that are working there and, you know, maybe hearing some stories if I'm talking to them about, hey, 
like uh, I'll often ask about uh, local musicians and um, so then like I'll talk to them and say hey can you give me some recommendations and you start to get to know the people and at least from the service industry anyway they're all generally the same sort of authentic caring people which I which I love um, but you know having said that you're you're definitely uh, you're definitely blocked off from from the norm at least when you're traveling the, the Caribbean for most parts there I mean there are parts of the Caribbean that are doing very well uh, that we can't afford to to live in yeah I, for sure like I, I mean I felt really good that I was able to help you know, the people that worked on the resort and stuff like that, at least, you know, enhance their life in a certain amount because they, they enhanced me in a way. Like I really yep. loved those people. They were, they were, I mean, I know that, you know, not to sound like, you know, like that they were there, they were trying to get my money, you know, no, they were but, working I mean, for it. They were, they were working for it. And they, but, you know, and I knew that they probably had to turn in half or like a lot, large chunk of that money that we were giving them. But uh, I, it was nice to know that, you know, that we made a bond, right? Like mm-hmm. if the one bartender, she was so good with me. Um, and that like, you know, we had a rapport, right? And uh, I don't even know if that's the proper word. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, rapport. it was nice. Rapport. 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 Yeah. That we, that we uh, you know, that we hit it off and that we were able to, to enjoy. And, and she, these people were, were, they were still authentic people. Right. Yeah, no, like I can still tell you servers' names from traveling five years ago that, you know, that they were our servers for the week and, you know, they they really became part of our lives. Like they are now part of our memories that we'll talk about those individuals, um, you know, when, uh, when we're sitting around and reminiscing about our trips or where we might want to go next. No, that, that's for sure. And uh, here's a little hint and secret for anybody who's listening. If you're going to go to Cuba, make sure you buy a Che Guevara hat or just like one of those, one of those like uh, Fidel Castro hats with the star on the front. And I'll tell you, I had, uh, you know, how many people came up to me and talked to me about that and gave me service without any, it wasn't like, you know, they're like, they're they probably expecting a tip for sure. But a quick little story is that we went down to the pool. We never really went to the pool. Cause we had like, we, we had the club, uh, like a club membership, or like mm-hmm. a, like a diamond club. And so we had the special seats, we had special pools and all that stuff. But this one time we went out there, we, every time we go to the pool, there was the towels are always over the seats. We never got seats at the pool. So we didn't spend any time at the pools. We were all, we, we had better. So frustrated. Yeah. We had better luck at the beach. So, which was better anyway, by, yeah. by my standards, that's much oh, the I best agree. way to go. But yeah, so so we went down to the pool one morning. We wanted to get there early, but all the t- all the chairs are gone. Well, I'm wearing my Che Guevara hat, and the the pool boy, I guess, for lack of a better term, the cabana boy, came running up to me, and he says Che Guevara. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like you know. He goes, oh, do you know him, right? And I said, well, I I kind of know and under, understand what, what, what he did. Yeah, yeah and, he, and he starts telling me the history and blah blah blah, and he goes on for a few minutes. And oh, we we really love him here. Like, well, that's cool. Let's see that there, there's that culture, right? Well, okay, this is cool. So they really like him. Right? And he goes, You want a seat? I'm like, yes, please. I, you know, like but we can't find any. He goes over, takes people's towels and throws them. <laughs> he gives it, he pulls up these two seats to us and gives them to us. And maybe he was just looking for the tip. But you know, so I give I give him a good tip, right? Yeah. And the very next morning, we went out there and he comes running up to us and says, Do you want do you want chairs? We weren't actually going to the pool this morning. We were like, no, we're going to we're going on an excursion. He says, okay. Well, every morning he'd see me and come running up to me. 
And I didn't give him a like I gave him like a couple dollars, right? Like a sure. couple. I guess, but it was just the um, kind of the respect that you were that you had for uh, their culture, their 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 leaders, their change makers. I feel that that actually made a real difference. So if you go to Cuba. Get yourself a Che Guevara hat. They, they sell them at the at all the like. Sold, I bought it. I bought it on the resort. Uh, where is the first place that you would like to go when COVID restrictions lift? Oh, gosh, you know, I kind of plan trips in my head based on kind of what we're what we where we're at in our family life. And experiences that I want my son to have when when he's with us, um, he uh, he's trained in kung fu and kickboxing. And one experiences that I would love to to have him have is actually to go for a couple weeks and and train Muay Thai in Thailand. Like I think that would be an amazing experience. Ah, uh, see that there's culture that's yeah. culture like uh, he's you know just to totally immerse himself in in that kind of that culture and mm-hmm. and train the the way that that they've been trained from you know father to son throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the generations it, you know it's um uh, it's a questionable culture the the fact that that these children are fighting for money and they're fighting for yeah. money from a very young age yeah um, but it it is the the national sport as well yeah. too you know when I, I guess it's really no different than us sending our kids off to hockey right no exactly mm-hmm. going to hockey going to football like i remember playing football when i was in grade eight smashing my head into other children the same age mm-hmm. and certainly probably getting concussions back then it's yeah. the same sort of thing but you know just um I, I like to take them there for a couple of weeks to experience the culture and to kind of train in their ways and really take an authentic experience back. And that that's kind of a, a big thing for me is, is the experiences. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. That's really for me. Well, when I was growing up, my dad took us across the country numerous times. And to me, even sitting in the back of a, an old Toyota, or a, not Toyota, Ford, Ford, uh, Ford Taurus, like the old school ones, not even the big ones, like the old ones that were like, you know, the size of a box, Yep. Uh, you know, sitting in the back of that car and it might seem like a nightmare. Like to my kids, it's a nightmare, but I, I loved that. And I take my kids, we, we, we have a van, so it's, it's a lot nicer for my kids and they, they love, they love the travel. Oh, they yeah. don't, they don't stick their face out the window. Like I do, you know, like well, you know, I mean, when I'm driving, they're, but they're in air conditioning. They, <laughs> yes. They, the air conditioning cool. they have they have electronic devices that they stick their noses in and like i mean even when i'm driving still to this day when i'm driving i'm like looking out the window especially if you're on the trans canada highway there's no traffic yeah. out there and you're just like staring out the windows and going wow like you know i'm more distracted by that than any cell phone ever <laughs> you know? but my kids you know like yeah they, they love their cell phone the they, they don't even they don't even look up now yeah but I'm just staring at the windows while I'm driving and just, I love, but I do, but, but they do, they do engage and they do, they do take care and they, they've enjoyed their trips. 
Like they, they, they assure me anyway that they've enjoyed their trips across the country. And they, they even ask, when can we go out west next? When can we go down you know east what? I want, I'd love to head to uh, like the Lake Louise area again. Oh, um, I've been, been through that area, you know, just a handful of times. Right. But I'd actually like to go and spend like maybe an entire week um, in that area. My, my wife's uncle, Kathy's uncle, uh, is a photographer. Uh, we actually uh, uh, featured him in a video. His name is Ken P. Buck, and yeah. he's an amazing wildlife photographer. And he goes regularly to uh, Lake Louise and, uh, and BAMP to, get, to capture the wildlife. But he's done some amazing photography of the lakes themselves in that area. And like some of it, like we, we, we actually own one or two of his prints and uh, like absolutely phenomenal work. But like it is so, and now now that I'm more like I was taking pictures back then on my cell phone, but now that I'm more into photography and have like you know professional cameras and stuff like that, yeah. And yeah, like I mean that that was my biggest complaint is that because Canada is such a big country that it got to the point where we're like we just need to get to point B, A to B, right? We got to get there, right? And because it it takes so long to, to drive across the country. Yeah, and then like especially like when you have to consider that. Uh, like my, my wife, she, she doesn't enjoy the drives. Mm. She, she enjoys the travel, but she doesn't enjoy the drives. It, it's hard to explain. Like she, she doesn't enjoy like a 16 hour haul for sure. And yeah. you know, going, going from Sudbury to Thunder Bay, uh, you know, the way when you have to stop for bathroom breaks, you have to stop for food. And, uh, I managed to stop for a few, you know, like photograph opportunities, like at the Terry Fox monument and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You have to. I mean, a sixteen-hour drive is long. It's for sure. Like, oh, I, totally. I, was... like I, I agree. Like I, I'm a bad traveler now as well. Too. I like, I, my back messed up, and so I, I, I force Allison to make regular stops. She, she would do that sixteen-hour drive, and she'd just keep going. And um, whereas you know, I'm saying, okay, um, we're down, uh, we're down a, a quarter tank now. Let's uh, fill up, and I can, I can stretch. <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and you know, honestly like that's really what i want to do with one of my travel experiences because i'm i'm kind of like your, i'm kind of like your wife in a way is that even for for instance uh, we the last uh, big travel that we did we went down east to see my parents in prince edward island and on the way back we were having trouble finding i don't know if it, i think it was a holiday weekend or something so we were having trouble finding a hotel to stay at so we drove all the way from pi we went to halifax and i had to pick up some uh, comic books in halifax uh, so we, we drove to, from PEI in the morning to Halifax, which is like deep, dark Nova Scotia, and then driving back up into New Brunswick, and we were almost in Quebec. And in fact, I think we ended up actually in Quebec for our last stop. No, no, no. I think we ended up at the very edge of Quebec. And we were something like 16, 17 hours into drive. And I, at that point, I was just so frustrated with the hotel situation. I'm like, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. My wife's like, no, you can't keep going. We need to stop. Yeah. And I'm like, not I, sleeping in this car I have, tonight. <laughs> I have done a 24-hour drive from from Nova Scotia to my hometown, you know, before. It's not going to not happen at some point. <laughs> I can do it. But at the same time, I'm sitting there going, I, you can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy what the country has to offer if you just drive through it. Oh, I know. I know. I was just going to say, I, I love to go back out to the East Coast. Last time that uh, that I did it. Um, my wife and I newly married and we did a drive out, uh, out to the East coast. The whole, the whole plan was that we were going to camp most of the time and except it, it was a little early on in the season. Oh, so cold. And yeah. it was not only cold, but it rained the entire
Yeah, that sucks. We ended up getting home two days earlier than we'd intended just because the weather was that bad. And it was oh, let's just, like, we don't want to even want to stop to check out this lookout because it's just pouring down. Let's just keep going. And like, we ended up, uh, I think we only camped twice out of the entire trip. The rest of the time we were in like hotels and B and B's and stuff like that. And, and that was before the time that you could just pull that information up on, on your cell phone and figure out where it was. We're sitting there with our, CA trip tips yeah. and trying yeah, to figure tips. out where, where stuff was. <laughs> but, but looking for the, the vacancy signs, right? Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. gosh, I remember. And, and this is one thing that uh, it, it taught me a lesson was we had a quarter tank left and I'm looking at this trip tip and yeah, okay, well, let, let's just go up to this next city and uh, we'll get fuel there. And well, that, that city on the trip tip was honestly like seven houses and and that was it there there was no gas station and so then like honestly i i spent about 40 minutes just staring down uh, at the fuel gauge and i i actually i finally i saw a place i was so excited i pulled in the pumps were locked and i i went and knocked on the door of this place and the lady comes and she goes, you know, that's that's my husband's thing. I don't do it. He's not here. You know, you're you're just gonna have to trust yourself to make it. I'm kind of like, trust? What are you talking? Just unlock the pump. <laughs> oh, and and still, I still had to drive another 15, 20 minutes down the road, and like, I. I was I was blowing fumes into the vehicle itself just to try to keep it going. <laughs> Luckily, we made it. But ever since then, I'm always on the top top half of the tank because I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I know now we can just hit the gas tank button on the the Google Map and it's going to take me there. But uh, you know, driving on a trip ticket, it's it's people people that are listening they understand. Yeah, well, no, you know what? Our, our probably our Canadian friends might understand. I don't know if the American friends would, because you know they they have a city every couple hours. You know, where in Canada, those are the experiences. I don't I don't even give a crap. You know, those are the yeah. experiences. I love that. You know, yeah, it seems sounds stupid. It, it is stupid for me because I'm stupid. But you know, some of the times the the worst experiences that you have are actually the most memorable. Because they, they stand out as opposed to, you know, those, those, you know, sunny, sunny, happy people sort of yeah. thing, uh, experiences, they, they don't always stand out just because they're, they're the everyday, but there are those challenges. Yeah, it's been a heck of a Thank show. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait for our next show. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And I appreciate you coming out, Andrew, and sharing these moments with me. Yeah, thanks, Rob. All right. Take care. Take care, easy, buddy. Ciao. Peace out.